0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for June 16th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. We have a great show for you today. Unfortunately though, Brandon has taken the week off because there's no NASCAR. Nick is on vacation, so it's just going to be me and Jim. I'm going to talk some NBA and then Jim's going to come on and he is going to talk Some USFL and CFL with me. We're going to tell you the bets to lock in. And then I'm going to talk some fantasy football previewing the Raiders and the Falcons. But I need to talk some NBA. As always, the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Sharps betting app. Go to Sharps. Link is in the description. Use promo code ETOF499. That way they know old Uncle Rico sent you. Now... Without further ado, we need to jump into the podcast. We need to talk some NBA. The first thing I want to talk about with the NBA is Mr. Zion Williamson. A lot of stuff is being made. Guys, he got a stripper pregnant and the porn his porn star girlfriend got upset. And that's it. That's basically what happened. Let's take the... Titles out of it. Let's just say they are two older, just women who didn't do that for a living. And it would just be like most NBA players. Most NBA players have the situation. But because one's a porn star, one's a stripper, people are making this a big thing. Personal business are being out. The porn star is tweeting out stuff between him and her. Just kind of a big, big shitty situation. Which brings me to Zion. Are we ever going to see Zion on the basketball court again? I know a lot of people are saying that he could be traded and word on the street is that he has meeting with David Griffin today to go over what can be done to keep him in New Orleans but the fact they just signed to extension and now there's rumors going around that they're looking to trade him that pretty much sums up what the Pelicans think of Zion and where they want to to go in the future. Possibly to Houston, but what do you do? Do you get do you get a high pick, then you get another player back? I don't really know what a team would be willing to trade for Zion Williamson. I will be honest, I wouldn't trade for Zion Williamson. And I know everyone's like, but Eric, how can you not trade for Zion Williamson? I'll be honest, because you can't depend on him. He's not healthy. He's never on the goddamn court. Why would I trade for a player that... Is not going to be on the goddamn court. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. I would definitely try to trade him though if I'm the Pelicans. Teams that are being thrown, flown around. I know Zion wants to go to the New York area. If I'm them, I call the Nets. I I inquire about Bridges. I Bridges Ingram C J. That would be that would be enticing. I would call about that. Obviously, I know Scoot Henderson gets a lot of hype, and it's kind of funny to me, like we see all these media people talk, oh, I love Scoot. Oh, I love Scoot. Oh, oh, Scoot this, Scoot this. I guarantee that all these media people that are talking about how much they love Scoot Henderson really haven't watched Scoot Henderson play. Um, and they're just going with what they've seen on Twitter. Because he really hasn't been that impressive in the G League. I know he's going to ha- has a little bit more body than Um, the kid from France Wemba, but he just really hasn't been that impressive. He's a workout machine. One of my friends who's a scout said he works out like a god, and because of that, he's going to trend up on draft boards. But at the scheme of things, he just said, honestly, he doesn't know how if he's going to transcend and be what everyone thinks he's going to be, but people are going to love into his warm-ups. I I just find that funny. If the Pelicans do that, if the Pelicans are trying to – trade Zion and get Scoot, that kind of means a rebuilding in my eyes. Then you'll you're look to move CJ and you're going to go with a B.I. and Scoot moving into the future. If I'm the Blazers, another big thing is Dame. Now, obviously both Dame and Beal are rumored to go to the Heat. If I'm the Heat, I try to obviously get Lillard, one, Beal, two. If I can't get Lillard, I'll move on to Beal. But if I am the Blazers what am I gonna do what 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 makes sense? excuse me if I'm the heat, what makes sense to trade to the blazers I'm looking at it right now. so let's say the blaze the blazers send Lillard to the heat. that means what's going back Tyler hero Duncan Robinson um. And then you're just going to have to freaking. A 2026 first round pick, unprotected. A 2028 first round pick. You know, and then maybe even a 2030 first round pick. But even there, like, you're sending all these picks. And then, you know, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Is that really going to do it? Damian Lillard's a top 10 player in the league. I don't know what draft, what capital the blazers will be able to get for him i just don't know i just don't think that they're going to be able to do that enough for miami to be enticed by it but i'll tell you what the i really think that the bl to miami i i think that is i think that has legs i really think that has a lot of legs and the bl contract sucks and I really feel with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, you can make something happen for Beale. I know people are Celtics, you know, Jason Tatum, him. As Kendrick Perkins, I, it amazes. I have no idea. Everyone's sending me this. I have no idea how the fuck Kendrick Perkins has a fucking job at ESPN. He's a fucking joke in my eyes. But anyway, obviously everyone's going to say that. How are the Celtics going to afford to have that? They, if they're gonna they're gonna want to keep Jalen Brown, that's what people don't understand. They were trying to trade for Jay, Kevin Durant and keep Jalen Brown. They're not gonna trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal, and also if he signs the super max, he has to stay another year. He has to stay another year. People, we need to remember that. So it's kind of funny all these people throwing out these unrealistic trade scenarios for the Celtics and the and the um excuse me Wizards. I'm looking at it right now. I'm on the uh, trade machine, so let's pull it up. We can go the Miami Heat and the Washington Wizards. Let's say we'll throw in Beal to the Heat. He are going to send Tyler Hero. Boom. Duncan Robinson. Boom. And then, you know, they're going to send... They'll just send some picks, dude. They'll send this this year's first round pick. Uh 2027, they'll just throw that, that pick in. Um and then 2029. Can you do that one too? Yeah, 2029. So you throw in a couple picks, try this trade, boom, beal. There'll just be three first round picks the 2023, 2027, 2029. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. I just kind of feel this makes sense for the Wizards to do. You you know, you gain draft capital, you got Duncan Robinson, you got Hero, and you can kind of, you know, go from there. Because the Wizards, it wouldn't surprise me if the Wizards do a hard reset. Another trade that possibly could work. Possibly could work in this whole Bradley Beal thing. Now this one is going to be a little funky, so you're going to have to You're gonna have to hear me out here. It's a little bit funky. So if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? I have Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton isn't what he used to be, obviously hurt and everything. So I would trade Middleton to the Wizards, Beal to the Bucks. No, I take that back. Middleton would be going to the Spurs and then going to the going to the Wizards, we would go a little Zach Collins. Excuse me. So we go Zach Collins to the Wizards. Uh Dre Crowder would go to the Wizards. Um Grayson Allen would go to the Wizards. McDermott would go to the Wizards. So at, how much is that? They're at thirty million. Need to throw in one more, a couple more in there. Maya, no, no it can't be Miles Leonard. Uh, that's a good core for them. We'll say Romeo Lamford goes to the Wizards. I got to throw in two more. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Beckham goes to the Wizards. And then they would just get an absorbent number of draft picks. Just an absorbent number of draft picks. So looking at the picks, um, they would send the 2029 20, first round pick, top five protected to the Wizards, and the 2024. 20, First round pick to the Wizards. Let's try this trade. Boom. So the Bucks would add Bradley Beal. Spurs would get Middleton, have an adult in the room because they have to get to that baseline. Wizards would just be taking on Crowder, McDermott, Collins, Grayson Allen, Romeo and Layfield, Birmingham Wilson, and a, and a couple first round picks. From the, from the Bucks and the Spurs. I kind of think that makes sense. Because if I'm the Spurs, I want to get like a Middleton and Chris Paul and kind of surround this Wemba kid with some pros, pros. Maybe you could look to move uh, Middleton if um, if it gets to later in the season. Bradley Beal obviously has got, got that no trade clause. He could kind of chime in to where he would want to go. Another team that's kind of gained traction is the Sacramento Kings. I mean, if they get OG, if they get Beal, that'd be interesting. But the one thing with BL is he doesn't shoot many threes, real mid-range game. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. NBA season is interesting. Those are just some ideas. Those are just my thoughts about what's going on. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to shift our attention over to the CFL and XFL and welcome XFL Jim to the podcast. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some USFL and CFL with the man, the myth, the legend, XFL Jim on all social media. Jim, how are you doing today, my man?
1: I am doing great. I mean, this is a great time to be alive. We got USFL playoffs. We got the CFL starting up. We have storylines forming before our very
0: eyes. Also, uh, this part of the podcast is sponsored by Royal Retros. Visit Royal Retros. Use promo code SPRINGFEVER. Capitalize all one word. That way they know old Jimbo and old Uncle Rico sent you. And our gift to you is you get 10% off. So make sure you lock that in. Jim, also next week, Thursday night, the premiere episode of the College Football Tale Day is coming out. You, myself, and Chase are going to be breaking down Conference USA, damn right, Your team, and telling you any futures that you lock in. I've already locked in two futures. Uh, I have one team that is I'm head over heels in love with in Conference USA, and I locked in a couple futures on that. So,
1: two words: data demo.
0: <laughs> dude, that was a spoiler. Dude, that was a well, spoiler. Only
1: for people who know.
0: Um. Now, let's shift our attention to the CFL. At the time this is published, the Red Blacks will be having their first win at home in God knows how long. So we're going to start on the Friday night games with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers laying 6.5 at the Rough Riders over under 47. Look, dude. This, this week is really tough for me. I love the Red Blacks, but we're not going to talk about that game because that game is already technically over um, by the time this comes out. What are your thoughts on the Blue Bombers game, my friend?
1: Uh, I mean, I think the Rough Riders are still poised to be a very bad team in the league this year. I don't think they're going to be anything special. And we saw what the Bombers can do. Like, the Bombers are, until they're not, the Bombers are consistently the number one or number two team in the league at any given point. And they love nothing more than embarrassing the Rough Riders. Give me the Bombers minus six and a half. Give me the Bombers minus 10. I don't care. You take a little alt spread right there, Jimbo? I'll take a
0: little alt spread right there, Eric. I'll take it. I like it. I like your style. Next one. Jimbo's beloved Edmonton Elks going to British Columbia. Elks getting seven over under 46. I'll tell you what. BC looked good. They he look
1: real good.
0: damn good. good. And both you and I were expecting them to take a little step back without having, obviously, Nathan work there.
1: Their offensive
0: is a goddamn beat. Excuse my language.
1: No, Vernon Adams looked fantastic out there, especially that opening drive. He was pure sex appeal. And uh, the Elks looked a little worse for wear against the Riders, losing once again at home. But I feel like something happens to Edmonton when they step on that home turf and they just become very stupid. And just do bad things when they're on the road and when there's pressure on, they can compete with the best of them. Give me the Elks plus seven, and give me the over forty six in this matchup. Taylor would, Cornelius usually follows a bad game with a good
0: game. I think this line's going to rise. You know, if I can get a couple little bit, a couple more points, I definitely be on the Elks. I'm sitting this one out right now, but I definitely co-sign with you. I think the Elks are the side to bet on this game. Next one. We're going to Toronto. Who's raising the banner for winning the Grey Cup? Hosting the Tiger, the Tiger, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Excuse me, Toronto getting to over under forty six and a half. What say you, my friend?
1: This is tough, but I'm going to lean towards like both quarterbacks are kind of still unknown. I just don't trust Bo Levi Mitchell in any spot right now. If anything, he's regressed from his mid days of last year. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take Cole. I'm going to take uh, Swag Kelly here as a starter at home. Give me Toronto straight up on the money line.
0: I would If if this line was reversed and I get the Tiger Cats getting points, I would take that. Oh, I know you would. Um, Now let's shift our attention over to the USFL. And boy, I'll tell you what. The USFL, I don't know what it is, but last year they had the thing where, you know, win to get the top pick. Now, all these games, have every single game has playoff implication. Which I is think week 10 amazing.
1: last year, no game mattered. Everything week was settled by week year, 9.
0: They, they, well, they did the, the first-round pick thing.
1: I'm saying, like, for playoff implications.
0: Yeah. And now they have all this going on with the um, every game matters.
1: Every team is alive. No team has been eliminated from the playoffs yet.
0: And we're going to start with my Pittsburgh Maulers getting 3.5 against The New Jersey Generals over under 40 and a half. I have a bet in this game, Jimbo, and I think you do too. I'll let you go first, my friend.
1: Give me the Maulers straight up and give me the under 40 and a half. I'm not going to overthink it. The Generals looked really good last week, but I think they blew their load. And I think they're just better built to beat a team like the Stars with not as strong of a defensive front. The Maulers are built to stop the run and they're built to get after the quarterback. They're built to beat a team like the Generals. So I just, I trust the Maulers more. And I think there's an under here because I still like I, I don't know as much as Chase wants to talk about it. I just not fully trust this Mahler's offense. And I I, I don't think I, they're gonna score. I, I think this could be like a 14-10
0: game. I think the Mahler's cover, um, you know, if this gets up to plus 150, I'll play, I'll play the money line. My thought process is this, and you kind of like stole some of my thunder with your thoughts. Mahler's are built to stop the run. I think they're gonna stop the run, they're gonna force the generals to be able to not get into second and five, third and three. They're constantly going to be looking at third and six, third and seven, second and eight, second and nine. Are they going to be able to convert that? And and I don't think they will. I don't trust their quarterback. I know uh, DeAndre Johnson came back, but I still don't trust them to step up and make throws. I think they're getting a little overvalued because of how they looked against the Stars. And let's face it, the Stars' defense ain't that good. So I like – I'll take the better team getting the points, getting the three and a half. When I have their offense basically even. Um, next game, Birmingham Stallions laying four over under forty four against the Todd Haley led Memphis Showboats. What's it? So,
1: sorry, it sounds like a bombing runs going outside, like out of my apartment right now. Is that, that, is that the it.
0: UFOs? The UFOs are coming.
1: It might be hitting Grand Island, Nebraska, at the moment. I I don't know, man. I feel like this is just a little bit of an overreaction. I don't know. The Stallions technically aren't really playing for much. They're already locked in. I'm flipped on this one. So, like, part of me wants to take the Stallions because I want to fade Todd Haley with pressure. But I do think the Showboats are a good team. And I think I'm going to root for chaos here. So give me the Showboats plus the four. Give me the Showboats straight up. I think they sneak one in to end the season.
0: That is a pure pass for me. I don't trust the Showboats. I don't know That's what the are doing. That's the smart play. I don't know what the Stallions are going to bring to the table. I don't know how much they're going to show, how healthy they're going to be. Uh, next game, we're going to see in the Breakers laying four against the Houston Gamblers over under 44 and a half. Both these teams kind of need to win. And anytime it's a situation like this, I'm always going to take the team getting the points because in pressure situations. I really feel it's hard to trust a team to win by margin. So I would lean the Gamblers here. I think this line's going to move a little bit, so I'm going to hold tight. What say you, my friend?
1: I'm agreeing with you. I would hold tight for now, but even at four, I wouldn't hate taking the gamblers. I just feel like this is a complete overreaction to what the Breakers did last week. I don't I don't know, man. Especially in the latter half of the season, I don't want to take the Breakers minus more than two and a half versus almost anybody. That showboats game was just a wild anomaly. I I don't know. I want to take the gamblers here real bad. If I'm rooting for chaos, I'm gonna take them straight up. So sprinkle. Sprinkle a little.
0: I, I don't know what to do here, man. Root for chaos. I, I really... W- There'll like, be a
1: three-way tie!
0: If this gets to the gambler, if this gets up to four and a half, I'll take the gamblers, but right now it's a pass. How three-way
1: tie if the gamblers and showboats win, Eric. Three-way tie.
0: So they do it by coin flip?
1: Uh, eventually, but they'd probably... They'd have to go through all the other tiebreaker scenarios first. Uh, I hope it gets so down to a tie I would I would... Off the top of my head, I don't know the full stats for any team. Top of my head, if they go by like that, if they go by the stats, I still think the Breakers are in. So,
0: I like it, dude. I like it. I like it a lot. If it was like Friday Night Lights where they did the coin flip, that's what I'd like. Uh, last game, the Nightcap. This line seems a little fishy to me. Stars, Panthers, pick them over under forty two. Um, so let's just play out the scenario here. If the Maulers win, they're in. If the, Pan- if the Maulers win and the Panthers win, Panthers are in.
1: Yeah, basically every team except the Showboats. Like, if the Showboats lose, they're just eliminated for sure. If they win, they also need the Gamblers to win. Um, if the Showboats lose, the Gamblers win, the Gamblers are in.
0: This line like, makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, every team in the North is winning they're in. It also makes no sense to me. I would
0: team. definitely lean the stars, but you know what I tell you every single week, Jimbo?
1: Yeah, but the last two weeks, it's worked out in my favor.
0: But I'm just letting you know.
1: I'm taking the stars. Jim. I'm taking Jim. the stars here.
0: Jim. I, I, Jimmy. Hey, I Eric, take Eric, stars can too. you name
1: me the last time the stars weren't in the USFL playoffs?
0: Uh, quarter than ever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Give me history. The history of, like, what? Like, like four seasons.
0: (laughs) You know history is made to be broken, though, right? That's fair. That's fair. History is always made to be broken, dude.
1: Until it's not, though, I'm going to ride the streak. Give me the stars.
0: Now, let me ask you this, dude. What is the game that you have most confidence in betting?
1: Between the two leagues or in the USFL right now?
0: Overall, if I say Jim, here's some money, make me a bet. What do you think?
1: It's probably the Maulers. It's either the Maulers or honestly the, the Bombers. It's those two.
0: I, I'm for me, it's the Maulers. I mean, I'm
1: like the Maulers are my number one.
0: I'm going to be locked into this game. I'm going to be really locked into this game. I I, I like this game a lot. I might
1: throw like a multi-unit play on that.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, That unit, Eric,
1: Eric. I gotta be a little irresponsible on this show. You know me,
0: multi unit, Jimbo. Yeah, I love you. Do I, do
1: I call this the the XFL Jim USFL Mega Whale play?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you no, could. if I was a
1: so if I was a real sharp, my Mega Whale play would be um, BC on the money line at minus two eighty. <laughs>
0: bc at the money <laughs> that's
1: that's what the that's what the real fucking sharps do those those gambling sharps that give out oh yeah i have 18 winners in a row and it's all minus 400 money lines.
0: they're they're hacks dude they're hacks don't get don't get me started on those guys <laughs> don't get me started on those guys jim i'd like to thank you for coming on why don't you tell everyone where they can where you can be found you can find me everywhere at XFL
1: Jim on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. I'm all over OnlyFans. You're everywhere. on OnlyFans now too. I got an account. I haven't posted anything yet, but I got an account.
0: You gonna be selling feet pics? Yeah, I'll be are.
1: selling. Uh, you might be able to see the Tick Goblin in all their glory on uh, on OnlyFans eventually.
0: Oh, uh, that's something I will not be doing, Jim. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Set the reminders for next week. Thursday. What what time is that coming out? We did we do we do we have an announcement time? No, that? we
1: don't we have we haven't settled on time yet. We're it's I mean it's anywhere between seven thirty and nine. So it's, it, why don't we, we just haven't say 8, on time.
0: Let's just say eight PM. I'm let's just say let right right
1: Let's just do eight. Let's do eight. We're
0: doing eight PM central time every single week. And then also Wednesday about eight thirty central set the alarm for spring fever. where
1: 8.30 to 8.45. We're in that in
0: there. Um, Set the alarm. Jim and I are there. Giving out our thoughts, reacting to the games, talking about spring football news. Make sure to check that out. Give Jim a follow and visit Royal Retros and use promo code Spring Fever, All one word. Jim, let's make some money Let's cash up tickets. Until next week, my friend. Let's cash it. Please give my boy XFL Jim a follow at XFL Jim. He's going to be live-streaming the USFL and CFL games this weekend, so please make sure to give him a follow. Now, let's shift our attention over to some fantasy football. With Nick not being here, I am picking up the slack form. We're going to be looking at the Raiders and the Atlanta Falcons today. Now, the thing with the Raiders, obviously... The elephant in the room is Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going to go happen with him? Um, Look, if he fails the physical, you're going to have Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. Obviously, what I'm hearing is the Raiders kind of like Aiden O'Connell. I don't think he's going to be able to start that first year. You got Brian Hoyer, who's very familiar with the McDaniel offense. I think it will be Hoyer if Garoppolo is out. Also, if I own a business... Because Brady is the owner, and I know if I go down to the floor, like him going down to the playing field, and it would help my business, I would totally do that. I don't know if Brady would be able to do that, though, with him being an owner in the team. Obviously, with, let's say, Garoppolo is clear to play, elephant in the room, is, how does this affect Devontae Adams? Garoppolo doesn't throw the ball down the field as much as Derek Hard did, so I really feel this is going to hurt Devontae Adams in terms of his average depth of card at total yards and probably even his touchdown touchdown receptions. Granted, he would be able to get some red zone targets, but I really don't feel that where Devontae Adams is going per Fantasy Pros, I'd be really that invested. Per Fantasy Pros right now, he has an ADP of 13.5, wide receiver 7 going off the board. I'm looking at it right now. I would take Chubb Nick Chubb, who has an ADP of fourteen, before him, I probably take AJ Brown before him. Um, right under that, Josh Jacobs, who I'll get to in a second. Josh Allen, St. Brown, I probably yeah. St. Brown, no. Yeah, St. Brown's a tough one. I probably take St. Brown before him too. But after that, Derrick Henry, no, I take him Pollard, Wilson, Waddle. Yeah, so I would have him just a little bit lower. I'd take C.D. Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson, all those guys before Devontae Adams, just because I think we're going to see a drop in his production, and I don't think he's going to get the yardage and the touchdowns they did last year, so I'm a little bit down in Devontae Adams, and I'm actually not going to grade draft him. Jacoby Myers... They brought in, and it's kind of weird. I really feel Jacoby Myers is more of a slot-wide receiver, but they played him outside receiver money, so obviously that means he's gonna probably going to play the outside. Hunter Retro will play the inside. Eh, Hunter Retro, just because Jimmy G doesn't throw it downfield, maybe I'd be invested in. Austin Hooper, Mike Mayer, O.J. Howard are the tight ends. Obviously, that guy got rid of Waller. Waller's now in New York. Austin Hooper's like, um, excuse me, Jason Witten really doesn't run that well, really doesn't get the ball down the field. I'd be shocked if he does much. Michael Meyer is interesting, but we saw how much he fell during the draft. Makes me think something's up. So that brings us to Josh Jacobs, who had a career year last year. But I'll tell you what, Josh Jacobs is kind of sneaky right now. It's another career year. Obviously, he's playing for his contract, ADP of 16 and a half, second round. I'm not going to draft someone coming off a career year. I just can't do it. He hasn't signed his franchise tenure yet either, so I really don't know if you can really trust for him to get that another production. We need to remember, the Raiders had all intentions of Josh Jacobs and Zier White splitting this backfield last year but Josh Jacobs played so good. He just didn't allow it to happen. Offensive line played 5 years above where they're going to where I had them projected. They played great. But do they have the talent to maintain it? I really don't know. I'm really not that high on this. It's, let me rephrase that. I'm not as high at other teams mid to mid-tier t- offensive line in my eyes. So I don't know if they're going to be able to get that push with Josh Jacobs. Obviously, defenses are getting better and the look to take him away kind of took this league by storm last year so I'm probably going to be out on Josh Jacobs even though technically he is in a contract year and he's probably going to play under that franchise tag so yeah I'll be honest the Raiders I really want nothing to do with this Raiders team in terms of fantasy football going into next year I'm going to be fading Devontae Adams Josh Jacobs maybe the only person I'd look to take a flyer on would be Mr. Hunter Renthro now let's shift our attention. Let's talk a little Atlanta Falcons. I absolutely love this Falcons team. Let's start off with this. Their offensive line is insanely good. I really don't think people understand how good this offensive line is. It's going to be a top seven unit. And this is what Arthur Smith wants. Arthur Smith wants to run the ball. You've got B. John Robinson there. Bijan Robinson, honestly... After Chase and after Jefferson, I'd probably take B. John Robinson. I would want B. John Robinson that high. I'd take him. Um, he's my number one running back. He's going to get the majority of the work. He's going to be re- running behind a top seven offensive line. Desmond Ritter, still young and inexperienced, is going to lean on him a lot. So I'd be very interested in Bijan Robinson if it panned out that way. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I've got burned by Kyle Pitts so many goddamn times. I just don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear any fucking word about Kyle Pitts because I am totally out on him just because A, is coming back from an injury. B, he just really hasn't produced. And I think we need to face the reality of the situation that maybe he's just a good football player. That doesn't score much in fantasy football, so I I'm out. I I'm peace out, Mister Kyle Pitts. I do want nothing to do with you in terms of fantasy. The interesting one is going to be Drake London. Drake London really established himself as wide receiver number one as soon as Desmond Ritter was in the starting lineup. He averaged thirteen point six points. game during that time span in terms of fantasy. Clear cut number one. And obviously with the Falcons truly having that running back and their improved offensive line, this is going to open up more play action passing. And Arthur Smith had the top play action passing offensive attack during his time with the Tennessee Titans. So I really look, that's what they're going to look to do. And with that attack, that's going to open stuff up for Drake London. So I'm all about Drake London in terms of the wide receiver. Matt Hollins, he's going to be able to stretch the field a little bit. He'll be good in best ball. Then you have Scotty Miller working the underneath stuff. So yeah, in terms of the wide receiver room, Max Hollins, Scotty Miller, best ball, Drake London, I'd be all in on. Tight end, obviously, unfortunately, Kyle Pitts. I want nothing to do with Kyle Pitts. Like I said, good player, bad in fantasy Dijon Robinson, I am all in on Desmond Ritter. Again, best ball. They brought in Tyler Heineke. So if he does mess up, um, if Ritter does mess up, Heineke will get the look. But uh, yeah, I'm in terms of the Falcons, I love them. If you've been listening to this stuff, watching the E-Talk 2-1 Sports Show, you know I've been hyping them up, telling everyone how much I am invested in this team. But yeah, that is it for the Des... So, excuse me, in closing... Drake London, Bijan Robinson, I'm all in on. Tyler Ajir. obviously, he's going to take a big hit this year, and he'll be a pass along with everyone else for me. But that is it for the Falcons and Raiders preview. Nick will be back next week when we will be previewing the Carolina Panthers and New Orleans Saints, so make sure to check that out. Nick will be back next week. Those will be the two teams that we preview that is it for the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Shorter podcast this week as no NASCAR and Nick out of town for the fantasy football segment. Make sure you give my boy XFL Jim a foul. The ETOF 2-1 Sports Show will be live this Tuesday night with Greg from Penn State on 3. Him and I will give you every single college football future you need to lock in. Plus, talks of Penn State football. Make sure to check that out. Also, thank you to the sponsor of the show, the Sharps betting app. Go to Sharps, use promo code ETOF four nine nine. That way they know old Uncle Rico sent you. Thanks for tuning in, boys and girls. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week.